there, beautiful people. Welcome to Fan Tide, the podcast for all those complex and complicated conversations about the gray areas in our lives. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And I am Jarrett Hill. Coming up on the show today, we are doing something a little bit different, hanging out with the homies. It's a special holiday episode. Um, and we wanted to just kind of not hanging out with the homies. Yeah, we're just kind of hanging out. Like, it's not like, who are you? Is that not okay? <laughs> Can we not say that? Who says hanging out with the homies anymore? Wow. The, the ageism, um, the generationalism. Well, girl, you did it. The anti light skin sentiments. It's just, it's a lot for the first moments here of the show. Oh, wow. We're going there. On Thanksgiving? I should say, we've been in this recording for about 30 minutes already before getting started, and we've already been carrying, so who knows what to expect in this. I'm sitting on my couch. Oh my god. Um, I feel like a real podcaster, like... Speak for yourself. You know how they be in their, in their living, in their loungers and shit? It's it's a whole different kind of episode for y'all. Can you introduce our guest for today, friend? Um, very excited to have <laughs> back as we wind down the uh, Fanti situation here. One of our, the very first person to ever be a guest on our show and ended up becoming one of our most iconic episodes uh, ever in the pilot phase of this and then as in the run of it. They've been here, he's been here three times. He's a film executive, a creative artist in his own right. Michael Chin, welcome back to Fantai one last time. That's right, I'm back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Battling that with Char for most times on the show. I'm going to lose, but that's okay. Listen, listen. Yeah, you know. Char will be uh, with us sometime before the end of the run as well. But um, welcome back to the show. Um, We are talking about Thanksgiving. This episode's coming out on Thanksgiving. And like we were talking about how our relationship to the holidays kind of evolves. And just kind of curious, like, where are you on your relationship to Thanksgiving? Has it shifted or changed over the last few years? Um, It's only gotten better. Thanksgiving is a high holy holiday in my family. Um, It is the one time that the whole family gets together. My mama is preparing for 35 people to be at the table. Wow. Oh, wow. The mantle has been passed that she now hosts Thanksgiving. Um, So it is a time where everybody comes to the house. There's good food. I'm in the kitchen. I've been passed on dishes that were traditionally elder dishes I now make. Um, so it's a it's a big holiday for me. It's one of my favorites of the year. So I was very sad in 2020 when I was not able to be with my family for Thanksgiving. So it is like the time. It's the carry. It is when everybody gets together and you learn all the things. Oh, that got you a little sentimental, Travel. That was very like, eh, you know, yeah, eh. yeah. You always do it wrong, Jared. Let it go, friend. <laughs> was that it? That was better, but it wasn't it. Uh, more from my more from my throat and not from my nose. It's less e. It's less e. It's more of a. We're gonna work on this. I'm going to work on this in the break. When we come back, we're going to get into more of our chat about this year, this holiday season for us, and uh, all that coming up. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) 
A Queer History of Aerospace is a new audio miniseries from the Museum of Flight that premiered this past October. Located in Seattle, Washington, the Museum of Flight is the largest private nonprofit air and space museum in the world. And A Queer History of Aerospace explores the ways the LGBTQ community has shaped aviation and space exploration and the ways the industry has impacted the LGBTQ community. Their ultimate goal is to encourage people who have been left off museum walls to share their own stories so that together we can start telling the whole story. I should tell you that I'm actually in Seattle, Washington for Thanksgiving as uh, you're getting this. I love this. And I am going to try and see about going to go see this because I'll be in Seattle for a number of days. And uh, as we've said here before, we are always excited about like centering the stories of people within community. And the idea that there's enough history to put together a museum exhibit is, is pretty cool. So I'm excited to check it out. You can listen to the show. And a podcast. That's right. And you can listen to that show at museumofflight.org slash podcast or search The Flight Deck on your favorite platform. New episode every Tuesday. Welcome back, beautiful people. Uh, to continue with the question that you asked, Michael, Jared, I feel like I love, he first of all, hearing your story, Michael, of how, like, you know, important Thanksgiving is to y'all and yours. Because it ain't, it ain't, it ain't really like that in my family. Like, we have the, the coming together moments, if you will. But it's not as, the whole bloodline ain't showing up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's me, my mama, my, it's like the immediate family, and maybe a couple, like an uncle, a cousin, but like not too many of them. Um, and I think that's just because like everybody, everybody has their own traditions. Like each individual family has like their own thing. And yeah. And so like for me, like I will be staying in Los Angeles for uh, Thanksgiving this year and Christmas for that matter. But it's not like, I don't have the, like, you know, that familial, you know, emotional type of connection to it. Now, I like to eat, and I do think that Thanksgiving is the eating holiday of them all. Like, that's the one where, you know, let's dive deep, you know, into the cornucopia in front of us. Um, and so that's what I love about it. But what about for you, Jared? I know that you, you, you've spoken before on the show about the holidays and your 12 parents and going different places first of all 12 parents it's 14 no i mean <laughs> i have four parents four and a half if i consider like i have an ex-step parent as well but like i have it's gotten more complicated for me um in the last few years because my mom and stepdad moved out of town and like the having to travel to two different cities for different sets of parents like that's that that's a lot right and so like uh the my mom and stepdad had hosted thanksgiving for years and years when they lived in the bay area where i'm originally from and like that is a tradition that continues even with them living in seattle now and so like a lot of family is traveling there to be there and so i am like figuring out how i'm gonna straddle two different cities over the course of holidays and then also like last year i told my parents i don't want to I don't want to travel for Christmas. Like I want to be able to just kind of chill. Um, and so that was important to me. And I, I, 
the same way, like, I actually feel like I put more investment into Thanksgiving as a holiday than on Christmas. Um, I was just kind of debating with myself whether or not I'm going to put up a Christmas tree this year. I'm like, oh, I have a tree in the closet that I've put up twice in five, six years. So I the holiday, the Thanksgiving piece of it, though, I look forward to it. I'm like recipe testing stuff in the, in, in the time before. Like, oh, I want to make sure I get this right. You know, that kind of thing. Or like new things that I'm trying out. But whereas Christmas, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'll do something. So that's, that's how it's been feeling for me. Mm, question for the people. Say you're going to your your whether it's your family um um Thanksgiving maybe for some of us it'll be a friendsgiving perhaps you know and you got to you got to bring a dish what's the dish you bring in mm. Oh I'm bringing cornbread dressing Mm cornbread dressing Are you making your cornbread from scratch or are you using Jiffy Wow Definitely not Jiffy um, but I use, I use Martha White cornbread. Okay. I use Martha White. I can make it from scratch, but I like Martha White. It just saves a little time. Uh-huh. 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 So do Jiffy. So do Jiffy. <laughs> but Jiffy tastes like cake. Who wants sweet dressing? Me. I think dressing should have a little bit of, of a, like a hint of sweetness. I don't think it should be sweet. No, no, no. Kiki Palmer. Jiffy, no, Jiffy is very sweet, though. Jiffy is very sweet. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't want no cake dressing. Yeah, come on, cake dressing. Jerry? I think this year I would probably be bringing mac and cheese and, like, a vegetable something on the side and a dessert. Like, I've been, all year I've been playing around with desserts on my pastry chef shit, so it'll probably be one of those three. So you showing up with double-fisted dishes to this friend's giving right of course he is i got pyrex dishes sh- like stacked or some shit like yeah i've ready like i've <laughs> right exactly i've been i've got my perfect brownie i'm like oh i might do that for for thanksgiving some kind of pastry something or other travel i'm guessing you're making macaroni and cheese um yes i'm making macaroni and cheese i could also do you know wait are you having people over or like what are you doing no i'm not doing anything i have no plans are you making okra stew? I lo- I was going to say okra stew. I will make that, you know, on a random Tuesday, you know, uh, and have. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I just made black eyed peas because I wanted to. And it was like, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Literally. Um, so I do love, I do love an okra stew, okra soup type moment, largely because I, I do think that, you know, I, I, I'm often introducing people to okra soup. And, you know, I believe I got to, you know, spread the good news. Tell y'all about our history. Okay. Um, from the ancestors. You know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I love an okra soup moment as well. Those are probably the main two. Like, you know, I could get down with a, with a few other items as well if need be. You know, if that's what the, the, <laughs> the host requires or if I'm hosting, I can do a few, you know, a little side here, a little this, a little that, you know. But that's my, those are my go-tos. Travel, what? What? Ooh, nobody's said anything about a dessert. Oh, no. Well, you said something about a dessert, but what kind of dessert? I'm a sweet potato pie girl or some candied yams, which I know candied yams are not dessert, but when they're as sweet as I make them, they might as well be dessert. Listen. Mine are a mean one. I have a mean candy yam. Mm. I just made um, uh, candy yams just because I had bought too many sweet potatoes and so, were 
technically I think we're making candy sweet potatoes and not candy yams, but uh, that's high on the hog for you. But I'm about to say you ain't had to do that. You ain't had to. You ain't had to take it there. Why did you well actually <laughs> our candy yams? Why? Why did you? Why you? You had to do us like that. <laughs> Well, actually, right. No, but like I I just did that um, and I'm like, oh, I definitely could go for more of the candy yams. But I like, I made them. I would say you, you do them in a bougie way, don't you, Jared? Of course you do. There's a bourbon sauce. Are we talking about this like in detail? Well, I, well, this time I was trying to not have to think about it. So I was like putting it into the oven as opposed in a different kind of way than I was planning to before. Uh-huh. But like, I just kind of layered them. Like I sliced them and layered them with like butter and sugar, the brown sugar and the seasonings and just put in this thing and baked it for a long time. And it was so good. And like, now I'm, I've been eating that already kind of enjoying that flavor ahead of Thanksgiving. I'm surprised. I thought she would have had like a bourbon Chantilly cream that she whipped up on top with the meringue. And <laughs> I mean, We've met. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I, I do love to to be a little extra, a little with it. So, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably figure out a brown liquor to add into my to my uh, sweet potatoes. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know, my friend. Are you all? I mean, I could talk about food forever. Right. What, what else you got to do? What do you think is like the the most underrated thing? on a thanksgiving table Mm. like the thing that like people not really paying attention to it but like it actually might be the mvp i got you michael you got something go ahead jared because i think mine might be a little hot takey oh okay (laughs) Uh oh (laughs) how you doing uh right because i could tell you what i think is overrated but the underrated thing I think it might be like cranberry sauce because whether or not you're a cranberry sauce person that likes the jelly cranberry sauce or you like a cranberry compote, I think it is such a great like condiment. It works on multiple things. Like I know people put it on like on dressing and on turkey, but like cranberry sauce actually works on a lot of different things on a on a holiday plate and Mm. really elevates it. Mm. Michael? Mine is, well, so we do barbecue too on our Thanksgiving table because we're in Texas. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. And so I really have had some issues with people's brisket on the plate. <laughs> but in thinking traditional Thanksgiving, the giblet gravy, I think, is underrated. Yeah. Mm. Because. You've got to get it because some people don't know how to do it right because you got to have the giblets in there. You got to have the organs. But if you don't chop them up well enough, Mm -hmm. then you're like, I'm just eating some kind of organ stew. Mm -hmm. Then some people don't know how to really get their gravy smooth. Come on. But when you get the right, like my mama's giblet gravy, you could put it on turkey. You could put it on ham. You could put it on dressing. You could put it on, you know, as a, just a little bit of drizzle to creamy up your greens. Like, mm. it is, mm. it's top tier eating. It's top tier eating. I am so glad you said giblet gravy. I I wasn't going to say uh, giblet gravy. I was going to say <laughs> in, in, in my um, family, they like to do stewed uh like uh turkey wings mm. stewed turkey wings for for thanksgiving and so the 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 gravy of the of the stewed turkey wings mm-hmm. servicing in the exact same way mm-hmm. as the giblet gravy mm-hmm. that you just mm-hmm. discussed just like bringing mm-hmm. it all to get my god mm. yeah 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 listen yes 
So it's been interesting because, like, I mean, I feel like if we're really deep diving into food right now, I've I've been like roasting, like lean in, right? Um, right now, my favorite thing has been like roasting whole chickens, just like seasoning it up however I want or can, and like mm. season and like throwing it into the oven and playing with the temperatures, like the high t- starting high and d- dipping down low and all this other stuff for the skin. But like, it come on, dip it down low. Pick it up slow. Bring it all around. <laughs> that we both at the same place. Cut it out, Michael. <laughs> it out, pop, let your pop, neck go. <laughs> yes, get your life. Period. I used to work in a shoe store, and that was like on our loop of music videos, and like I would see it all the time, and it's been ingrained in my head for the longest. I didn't know where we were going with the shoes. <laughs> at all. At all. No, but shout out to uh, Christina Milian, the the underrated Christina, uh, while we're talking about underrated foods. Um, but no, like cooking whole chickens has like had me thinking about giblets a lot because like I'm always having like giblets sitting on my, my countertop and I'm like, oh, I need to, I haven't made, I used to make giblet gravy when I was much younger and like lived at home, but I haven't made it in so long that as you're talking about this, I'm like, oh, I need to, to get back on that. Now, did you make it for more than Thanksgiving? When you were younger? Um, my grandmother catered. And like, I remember there were some instances like mm-hmm. with that, that I feel like we might have made it, but it wasn't like something we made often. I was like, are you making a giblet gravy like Trevella's making an okra stew on a Tuesday? No. <laughs> okay. I just, you know. Not yet. Not yet. But don't let me make it right. Because, you know, yet. I wouldn't put it past your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past your ass. Don't let me make it right, because I will certainly have a giblet gravy on a Tuesday <laughs> in February. Also, though, deviled eggs. Ooh! Ooh! Well, yeah, you don't like eggs at all. Mm. But. Pass. Well, you know, I don't fuck with an egg, so. But apparently my mama makes amazing ones. So here's the thing. I like a deviled egg, but it's never like on my list of things that have to be included. If it's there, I'm going to have two. But like, I'm never, it's, it's never in like my list of like, gotta have it. You know what I mean? I feel like the reason, the reason you have to have deviled eggs, at least in my household, is because the meal is never going to start on time. Okay, but the deviled eggs is the epitazer of Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have the deviled eggs. Everybody, you pop one, you know, that holds you over for another 15 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. See, we don't need that. Like, I, like I'm telling you, it's a high holy holiday. And it's my maternal side of the family, so the Francis family. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is a week-long affair. Of course. They've been cooking for four days. We fly in on Tuesday, or people, you know, start to arrive at the town on Tuesday. We've already... My mom has already started grocery shopping. Of course. You know, we're a couple... We're recording this a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. My mother has already started shopping. Uh She called me last night, and she was like, okay, so while we're cooking on... Tuesday night, I'm going to be doing my bacon Tuesday night. But Wednesday, can you make that beef stroganoff that you make while we're making the sides? Listen, because we got to eat while we're cooking. Mm-hmm. And then my brother, my aunt, my uncles, they're all smoking the ribs, the brisket, the sausage. They're doing all of that on Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, I love it. Then Thursday, I'm making the dressing, the macaroni and cheese, the candy yams. My Aunt Lisa's making the greens, the green beans, the cabbage. Mm. My mom is finishing off some dessert. She's making the gravy. My aunt's bringing the turkey over. And everything is time because we're eating at two. 
because we've got to be done eating before the football game starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. So then we watch the football game. Friday, we get up. We have a tradition of going to a specific burger place. Hmm. We go to the burger place in the afternoon for lunch. My cousin, her birthday is always right after Thanksgiving. She's had a birthday party after Thanksgiving every year since she was born. <laughs> so we have her, she's 23, 24 now, but we still have Olivia's birthday party that we have. Then there's drinks, there's games, there's... This sounds like a family reunion week. I'm saying, this sounds awesome, though. I want to come. It is. I mean, it's very the beginning of the whiz. Like, very that. Oh, God. <laughs> Put your arms around me, child. We're all sitting around the table saying what we're thankful for. I mean, it's it's very big. It is a, like people that can't make it mm. will Zoom or FaceTime in so they can be there for going around in the circle saying what we're thankful for, be there for the family prayer. Um, it is like our it is like our communal time. It is it is that because so many of us have spread now that there's like a third generation of people. Like now actually a fourth because my cousins have had kids. So my brother has kids. So like we've all spread and to be able to come together mm-hmm. this one time of year to keep this tradition that my grandparents started of us being around each other at a Thanksgiving table. And there's extended people. There's like my, my brother's wife, her whole family does showed up at our table now. So we've got them, my cousin's <laughs> wife, her aunt and grandma come. We just have people. It's always a welcoming place. It's always a place where people can be fed. Aww. Now, there were years that we had to hide some food because there were people that would make to-go plates before they would make the plate that they were eating. But people will get fed. People will get fed. Oh, listen. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I mean... Oh, absolutely. My motto is for some of these holidays, like, oh, I'm really here focused on the plate. Um, if you're, Especially if you're, like, running around to multiple different things, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we got to make sure this plate gets right before I get too deep in this conversation. And in the chit chat. Listen. But that's why you have to you you mentioned the people who who make a plate to go before they make their plate to stay. And you know, this is why you have to know who the person is who's cooking or be part of the people who's cooking. Cause you know, you just you just make your own. You make you make an extra mm-hmm. for yourself that you put in the back of the fridge there. Amen. Okay. Amen. That way you always you always gotta have your own, you know, uh your own personal dishes. Because in in the in the times where we've had these massive like family gatherings, it's always you know somebody's trying to come and eat for the entire week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're trying to take some things home because it's good. <laughs> and so if you mess around and you done did all, four days worth of cooking and you ain't put you ain't you ain't siphoned off a little mac and cheese for yourself, okay. You don't be hungry, right? When everybody else eating, you don't really be hungry because you be tasting it the entire time, making sure the flavor is where it need to be. And so when everybody else is eating, you not eating. Two hours later, when you get hungry, you go to the kitchen, try to get you something to eat. But Uncle Pookie them. Travel. Done obliterated the cornucopia. Travel. And ain't nothing left. And so that's why you got to get your own turkey wings and put them on the side. Travel. We have, hold on, hold on, y'all. Travel, we have a better help code that will help you to get through this. Because really what we just did is we tapped into some trauma. No, I'm just right a great here. storyteller and I like to make it feel real for the people. Uh, we, we, we tapped on something specific here that really, 
That really, really shook you. I like to make it feel real pe- for the people. You never been there? You must not cook for a lot of people. Jer's the one making the plate. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I'm familiar. <laughs> I It brought up the same thing for me as you said it. Listen, right. <laughs> right. I'm the one with my plate in the microwave because I've been cooking and I done made two, three. I'm just saying. I, I'm saying I know this from experience, friend. Michael, what were you going to say? We'll give you the last word here. Well, because I was, you know, one of the people that lived far away for that still live far away. And when I was really poor, mm-hmm. I had the 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 art of packing food to go back to New York City to a science. Mm-hmm. I was freezing briskets, racks of ribs, macaroni. I was wrapping dressing in, in wax paper so that I could take it on a plane to bring it back to New York City. So I was the person. I will say Michael and I used to live together. And like you brought back food packed so well. I was like, I have never seen anything in the freezer wrap this well. Like <laughs> it's, it's an art. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Baby, listen. Yes, actually. I say, like, Jared, you want a piece of pumpkin cake? You want a piece of cake? Let me just take it out the freezer for you. You want some boudin? I got you. I was, about to, I was, I was really trying not to use those words, but that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> not you about to put in your order. <laughs> um, Michael, before we go, um, can are there any films that you're looking forward to in this holiday season? Um, I that you're looking that you're excited about, and I also want you to tell people about the film that uh, you are a part of um, that's coming out this this season. Um, movies that I'm excited about this season. I'm definitely excited about seeing um, The Color Purple starring one Fantasia Barino. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I will be seated. I'm also excited about Renaissance, a film by Beyonce coming out December 1st. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. We were going to give those Swifties a run for their motherfucking money. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No shade, all shade. Yes, yes, yes. I'm also excited about seeing American Fiction, Cord Jefferson's debut film that Jeffrey Wright is starring mm-hmm. in, also Maxine Shaw, Attorney at Law, um, Erica Alexander. And so those are those are the films I'm really excited about. And I'm not sure of the air date just yet um, because I no longer work there, but... I'm really excited about the Noah's Ark uh, movie that I was able to be the studio executive of with Patrick Ian Polk that will be coming out on the Paramount Plus in the coming months. Um, it is a revisit of the iconic logo TV show that he created and all the characters are back and there's a re- we're revisiting them today and seeing where their lives are. And another really cool part about the movie is that the majority of the music in the movie are independent Black queer artists. So being able to reach out into the community and bring other people into the, the legacy of this series, other Black queer people into this legacy, um, was really important to Patrick. It was really important to me. And I'm excited for the world to be able to revisit these characters. I have to say, watching the film, I was so proud of every person that I saw, their name, their work. Like, 
it is some of the best Noah's art content that there has been. And I hope that all of the folks that are that have connection to Noah's Ark as a series or that are discovering it, um, I hope that everyone gets to see it and gets to see the storytelling there. Also, there is another film that you were a part of as well with Courtney B. Vance. Can we talk about that? Oh, yes. So I was like, oh, Lord. Um, no. The look on your face, I was like, am I wrong? Because I didn't saw the movie now. Now, hold on now. Do you know something about my resume? I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> life of my career, friend. No, currently on Paramount Plus with Showtime, you can find um, the movie Heist 88 starring Courtney B. Vance, which was also executive produced by Bassett Vance Productions, um, Ms. Bassett and Mr. Vance's production company. And it is a heist movie based on a true story. Come on, M- Mrs. Bassett and Mr. Vance. Listen, I don't know I don't know them to call them Angela and Courtney like that. <laughs> you not wrong. Listen, no. It was very Mr. Perry, Mr. Harvey. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they grown. They grown, grown. They closer to my mama's age than mine, so I don't I don't need to get Listen, don't don't get me slapped. Uh <laughs> But no, it's a really good um film about a inspired by true events about black people that worked at a bank that were contacted by an ultimate criminal to rob the bank and because of their life circumstances they decided to join him in this heist and we follow them along on this journey of will they or will they not get away with stealing millions of dollars from this bank mm. in Chicago of, in 1988. So back on our propaganda episodes, I mentioned having seen a movie that was not full of explosions and fighting and action and all this different kinds of stuff, like, but keeps you like engaged and is suspenseful and tense and all of the different things. It was this movie. And like, I was so intrigued by like the way that this storytelling moves. It's just, it's such a great time. And so I really, really hope that y'all check it out. Well, there goes your recommendation. If you are looking for something to watch right now on your holiday uh, while you are cooking your giblet gravy, uh, check that out on (laughs) Showtime. All right. Say the name of the movie one more time. It's Heist 88 on Paramount Plus with Showtime. Heist Ocho Ocho. Ocho Ocho, baby. Okay. You know what? See, get out of here. Let's go. (laughs) Right. Muy bien. I'm getting nervous. I feel my blood pressure getting higher. Yes. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Me too. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Um, Michael, we have a game that we would like to play with you really quickly after the break. Stick around. But we're going to take a quick break. Pay these ads and be right back. Oh, darling. Why won't you accept my love? My dear, even though you are a duke, I could never love you. You, you borrowed a book from me and never returned it. (gasps) Save yourself from this terrible fate by listening to Reading Glasses. We'll help you get those borrowed books back and solve all your other reader problems. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. 
I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. (laughs) Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. (laughs) Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, we know everything. Welcome back to Fanti. We are here with our friend Michael Chan. We've been chatting up about so much food that I'm ready to go eat. That's all right. You made it through. But we've got a little bit of a game. Trayvell. Yes. So we just came up with, as you know, Michael, we are winding down this fabulous journey known as Fanti. Um, and you are somebody who has been with us and this show literally since the beginning. You, we, the episode, the gospel episode that I think is our third episode in the... I thought it was eight. Oh, is it six? Okay, what's in... It's number 46. Oh, <laughs> number 46. Mm-hmm. First handful of episodes of the podcast, we have our gospel episode, which we referenced so many times. You were on that, but... Many folks don't know that that episode we actually recorded during our, like, piloting trial of the show. So it was, like, one of the first episodes that we even recorded before the the ones that proceeded in the feed. And so... Because you've been with us this entire time, we thought we would put together a little uh, Fanti flashback trivia game to test your knowledge. We should also say uh, Michael competed on our game show, uh, our Black Jeopardy, um, at Reparations Club here in Los Angeles when Historically Black Phrases came out. Um, Beautiful work. And he did what? And he won. Beautiful work and won. Yes. So congratulations. Shout out to Never Ending Nina, my beautiful team partner. Yes. 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 Another one of our faves around here. So um, you did well there. So hopefully you will do well here. Um, Travel, are there rules that we need to go over? No, I don't think there are rules because it's just one person. We're just going to read out a question and let's see if you know the answer. Lord. Okay. Here we go. On Fanti, we have had three producers on this show, not including Laura Swisher. <laughs> Name the three producers. It's and not counting Laura. Correct. Correct. Well, I'm definitely gonna shout out the icon, Palmira the Muniz. Yeah. Big her. <laughs> oof, uh, oof. I I remember that child. I can see her, I can see her face. Uh-huh. I can see that child face. Wow, the disrespect. <laughs> I can see that child face. The erasure. <laughs> Your time is up, sweetie. The time is... Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay, good. Because... Oh, I'm about to say, because I'm not going... And, and baby, charge it to my head, not my heart. Because I remember you both. I remember the... I see both of them babies' faces, but... <laughs> if I wouldn't have run the clock out, we would have had 45 minutes of dead air. Yeah. <laughs> you would have. It would... Um, the correct answers were Jordan, Lorraine, and Palmyra. Lorraine! Yes. Lorraine. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember that Lorraine. My girl. Shout out to Lorraine Wheat and Jordan Cowling. 
who helped us get to this particular stage. Okay, question number two. Who was the topic of our very first episode that's in the feed publicly of Fantide? Was it Kevin Hart? That is correct. Nice. I was ready to give you a hint. It was Kevin Hart. Yes. Okay, white people have gotten mad at us a few times throughout the life of this show. <laughs> Name the first issue that they tried to cancel us for starting a Reddit thread. Our Caucasian friends have held y'all's feet to the fire a couple times. Mm. Um, the first one, though? The first time we were like, oh my God, we have to say something about this. <laughs> Was it the episode where y'all <laughs> talked about um, codes? No, it's not code switching. Mm. And it wasn't the white friend episode. Those are the two that come to my mind. I can't remember the first one. The answer is we did an episode about whoopings. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember I was on the other side of the table from my white friends. Baby. (laughs) They were not. Baby. They were not happy. They were like... They told us we were, what did they say we were doing? We were, um... They said we were child abuse apologists. A child abuse apologist. That's what it was. I thought it was just like glamorizing child abuse. I will never forget it. I will never forget it. They called us child abuse apologists. I was like, God damn, (laughs) really? Like that? Um, Okay, number four. Name the first season slogan, first, second, and third season slogan of the show. It's very that dot 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 kinda. Look at that. Okay, yes. It's not an ellipsis, I don't think. Jared didn't think anyone would get didn't think anyone would get that right. I didn't. Nice. Well, baby, I I wasn't at the table. <laughs> I wasn't at the table. Cut it out. <laughs> Let me not get too cocky cuz it, it might go downhill real quick. We just have one question left. We just have one question left, so you're you're in the clear as far as I'm concerned. This is a challenging one though. All right. Okay. Oh, is it? Well, you... Okay. Well, we'll see. Which two podcasts, when we pitched this show, did we say that we would be a mix of? What were your comps? I feel like I should know this because Jared did the presentation for me. It wasn't... Oh, did I, did I, did I present my pitch to you? Y- yeah, you practiced it at the house. Oh, that's right. On the TV. Mm-hmm. Was the, was the read one of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, the read was one of them. The legends, 10 years in the game. Okay. Yes, the read, and it's probably something little like newsy. Pop culture happy hour? Not a bad guess. Mm-mm. Good one, but no, not a bad guess. Okay, that, that, been, that was my guess. What's, what's the other one? It was still processing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do love that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, RIP, right? It's, it's done now, right? Or they just haven't come back out. We don't know. Yeah, they haven't had a new episode since December, so it seems like it might be gone. Yeah. Um, but I, don't, I haven't heard anything about it. Well, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Well, Michael, fantastic job. Um, <laughs> really beautiful. <laughs> Jared, Jared, Jared. <laughs> Jared. You about to burn the mic- the microphone. <laughs> but listen, okay? Um sound like Voldemort. So, Michael, before before we before we get out of here, Michael, um uh, talk to us about 
Fanti and its presence in, in your life over the last few years? Because you've been on our show a number of times and are a part of the Fanti podcast universe. Wow, I feel like I'm in Marvel. I... <laughs> <laughs> The fantasy you. But, you know, like, I have been, I've been added, I've been DM'd by people that have heard the episodes that I've been on and had some really interesting conversations with strangers, Mm -hmm. just based on whatever it is that I've said or the experiences that I've shared, Mm. um, which was not expected for me. But it spoke to, like, the community that was built by the people that listened to this podcast. And to know that there were two Black queer people that were sharing sometimes very well thought out. Sometimes Jared was just talking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, but that there were just some really interesting topics that were not normally spoken of through the lenses that the two of you provide was really a great way for me to be conditioning my hair on Thursday mornings in the shower. Screaming. And so I'm just so grateful to have been a part of some of those conversations, to have been able to to share with y'all my thotty, my thotty Christmas songs. Like that, who knew? Oh, yes. That there would have been a platform for me to talk about Ariana Grande's Wit It This Christmas. <laughs> but here I was talking about it. So I'm just so grateful that y'all built this community, let alone this platform for people to be able to talk to to experiences, concepts, events mm-hmm. from this very Black queer lens. So mm-hmm. I'm going to miss y'all. I mean, I will still be in the group chat, but for the rest <laughs> of the world, I will miss being able to experience y'all's discourse about any and everything. Aww. Thank you so much. You and me, us never part, Maki, da, da. Again, I'm at the table. <laughs> um, we appreciate you, Michael, and all of the, the moments that you provided here. I, I'm re- remembering the, the freaky Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. We were doing something talking about, I think the episode is called, like, Mary Did You Know or something like that. And, like, we had a play on that. It was a, a, a very fun Christmas episode, so... Um, all of that said, Michael, thank you for being here with us. Did you want to say something else before I go, Travol? No, I was just going to say, let's let these people get back to their Thanksgiving. Thank y'all so much for listening in. Okay, you can grab our books, historically black phrases from I Ain't One of Your Little Friends, to who all going to be there. Hit it on the Black Friday sales. Okay. Ooh, Black Friday sale. Go for it. All right. Also, we see each other. A Black Trans Journey through TV and film also available. You can get the audiobooks as well for both of those. They're wonderful. They're fabulous, if I do say so myself. And um, if you want to hit us up, if you have any interest in um, checking out past episodes of the of the podcast, you can do that. Um, go to fantipodcast.com. Check out seasons uh, one, two, and three that are streaming on all of your podcasting platforms. And if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, we're at fantipodcast on Instagram, the Twitter X, the TikTok, the YouTube, all use ha- the hashtag fantifam. And if you just have something that you really need to say, you can hit us up via email at fanti at maximumfun.org. Or if you want to contribute a SpeakPipe message, you can go to speakpipe.com slash Fanti. What he said. Mm-hmm. 
If you would like to support this worker-owned production company network podcast thingy-majiggy that we call Maximum Fun, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join to do that. Our music is brought to you by Corice. That's C-O-R-A dot E-C-E. Wherever you get wonderful music, our graphics are by Ashley Winnie and the folks over at Moonhouse Creative. Our editor is Anne-Marie Huber. And our producer is Palmira Muniz. Oh, I thought you were going to, like, put some extra stank on it. Are you going to? Oh, you didn't do it. The disrespect. The disrespect. I said I said her name like I always say her name. Give, give it the extra stank, though. We're about to. Palmira Muniz. There we go. Okay. And our singer producer <laughs> Laura Swisher. <laughs> Twice in one show. I think that's a first. This is a production of Maximum Fun. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. I said episodes. What is happening? What is happening?